Hello, and thank you for joining me in this podcast entitled Three Critical Mistakes That Many IT Support Businesses Make in Their SLAs That Cost Them Time, Customers, and Money. My name is Simon Ward. Now, this podcast is for you if you're an ambitious, customer-driven business that provides managed hosting or cloud services and help desk support. You spend too much time measuring, analyzing, and reporting on service levels. Perhaps you're struggling to attract your ideal customers and your income isn't as high as you'd like it to be. Well, in this podcast, you will discover the three critical mistakes that many IT support businesses make in their service level agreements. You'll then go on to discover how to avoid those mistakes so that you don't lose time, customers and money. And finally, this podcast will cover how you can be rewarded for achieving exceptional service levels. Now, once you've listened to this podcast, I'd like you to apply for a complimentary SLA audit with me so that you can discover how to apply these strategies and produce service level agreements that will enable you to regain time, win new customers and retain your existing ones and increase your income. So what are these three critical mistakes? Well, mistake number one is measuring service levels that the customer isn't concerned about. Now, how many people like to create unnecessary work for themselves? Well, I certainly don't. But if you're measuring service levels that are not important to the customer, then that's exactly what you're doing. Imagine the time that you could save by focusing exclusively on what matters to your ideal customer. Now, one example of this was Rob, who has a small IT support business in the Northeast. His previous service level agreement, which he admits he pulled straight off the internet, which is never a good idea, but we'll leave that for another day. This assured customers that support calls to his help desk would be answered within three rings. Now, Rob had to invest in software to record the time taken to answer calls. He would also spend several evenings a month printing off and analysing the reports rather than enjoy the time with his young family. Although he discovered that most calls were answered within five rather than three rings, customers never complained. It was an expensive and an absolute pointless exercise. So to measure service levels that the customer isn't concerned about only creates additional work and cost. It's definitely best avoided. Mistake number two. Well, that's simply not compensating the customer when you've underperformed. Now, stating service levels to be aspirational rather than guaranteed is becoming increasingly common. Surely there's nothing the customer can do other than not renew their contract if you have failed to achieve your stated service levels even over many months? Well, that's what many people think, but this approach is misconceived for two reasons. First of all, savvy customers are genuinely interested in service levels. They won't be impressed if they think there's nothing in place to deter poor performance. And if they don't spot it, their lawyers almost certainly will. And that will make for an uncomfortable conversation, assuming that the customer hasn't already gone straight to one of your competitors. But the second reason why this approach is misconceived 
is that it is wrong to assume that the customer has no remedy merely because your service levels are stated to be aspirational. In some circumstances, the customer may have the right to terminate the contract and sue you for breach, while the financial and the reputational damage to your business could be considerable. Let me give you an example. Andrew was a director of a large cl cloud hosting provider. He put in place terms and conditions and an SLA for cloud services with ambitiously high service levels. However, there was nothing to compensate customers when the business underperformed. Now, this was never a problem until December 2018, when six key staff left due to internal politics. As a result, service levels dropped considerably, with uptime falling from 99.9% to less than 97%. Well, with no right to compensation, three key customers terminated their contracts and sued for damages. And as a result, the company is now in liquidation. And so not to compensate the customer when you've underperformed may make it difficult to attract new customers and retain existing ones. But worse still, as in Rob's case, you could even lose your business. So what's the third mistake that many IT support businesses are making? The third mistake is not, re be not being rewarded for overperforming. Now, this is the opposite of mistake number two, but just as frequent. In return for guaranteeing service levels and compensating the customer when you don't achieve them, does the customer reward you when you overperform? If not, you're losing money. Now, Julie runs an IT support company in West Yorkshire. In 2018, her company's help desk response time was one hour for a critical incident. Of the 27 critical incidents reported in 2018, all were re responded to within 37 minutes. Although Julie was happy with the standard of service provided by her team, she felt that she had underpriced the actual level of service. Customers were paying for a guaranteed response within one hour, when, with the benefit of hindsight, Julie could have guaranteed a 40-minute response time and increased her charges by 33%. Now, all companies want happy clients. I certainly do. But if you continually overperform, you may feel that the customer is getting away with a, a greater level of service than they've paid for. And when you can't set off your outstanding service against any underperformances, you may feel rather irritated. So how can you avoid these mistakes? Well, the good news is that each of these mistakes can be avoided by following each of these strategies. First of all, strategy number one, only measure service levels that the customer is concerned about. Save time, cost and hassle. Put yourself in the customer's shoes and consider carefully what's important to them. There may be just two or three key service areas that will impact upon their business. Focus entirely upon these. Create guaranteed service levels and document them in your SLA. Strategy number two, implement a service credit system. Show that you are committed to high standards of service by offering service credits each time you don't manage to achieve one of your guaranteed service levels.
That could make all the difference between winning a new contract and the customer choosing a competitor. Ensure that your terms and conditions make service credits the only remedy available for where service levels aren't achieved. Otherwise, the customer may be able to claim the service credits, terminate the contract and sue you. Definitely not something that you want. But strategy number three is to implement a service debit system. Now, don't let the customer enjoy exceptional service when they've paid for great service. Establish a service debit regime so that the customer will reward you for service that exceeds your guaranteed service levels. That will increase revenue. Clear and simple usually works best. Avoid the complex formulae that you sometimes see in public sector contracts. With the right form of wording, you can also use service debits to set off any service credits to reduce any losses. So what now? Well, if you continue to make the three critical mistakes, you may find that you spend a lot of time and money measuring unimportant service levels. You may get fewer new customers and find it more difficult to retain your existing ones. You run the risk of being sued for breach of contract. And you may even find that you're undercharging customers for an otherwise excellent service. Now, service level agreements normally feature alongside terms and conditions. And it's important that the two documents support each other and don't conflict in any way. It's also vital to ensure that there are no remedies available to a customer where service levels are not met, other than the service debits, as, as we've discussed. Otherwise, you risk being sued for breach of contract as well. And for these reasons, legal advice is necessary. A service level agreement drafted by a commercial lawyer who is experienced in working for IT support businesses will help you avoid uncertainty, reduce the risk of litigation and save you money in the long run. Now, as I mentioned towards the start of this podcast, if you would like to discover how to apply these strategies and produce service level agreements that will enable you to regain time, win new customers, retain existing ones and increase income, please apply for a no cost SLA audit with me, Simon Ward, by phone or by online meeting. In this 30 minute session, you will identify which of the three critical mistakes your business is making, discover the impact that these mistakes are having on your business, create a plan to implement the necessary solutions in the next 90 days. And if you're serious about saving time, winning new customers, increasing revenue, and if you're prepared to take action to get results, this session is perfect for you. I only offer five of these sessions on a complimentary basis each month. So if you'd like to apply for a session, please email me at simon at technical-terms.co.uk. Remember, whatever you do next, take action. It is the only way to get results. Thank you very much for listening. I'd welcome your feedback on this podcast. Please do leave any comments or feel free to get in touch at simon at technical-terms.co.uk.